Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. It is um, it's September 17th at 5.36 p.m. Purdue has just dropped, well, a couple hours ago. Uh, dropped uh, a game, another game that uh, they could have won, 32-29. Uh, to 29. Um, And I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of things that can happen, happen simultaneously um, that you can do on your own. Uh, because I know we're in a, an era of social media where people say, well, you can't do this if this, meaning, well, just a lot of people giving stupid advice and saying um, you don't have the ability to do two things at one time, emotionally, intellectually, however you want to say it. Uh, I needed a little time to cool down after that game. I was pretty upset with that, probably like you were if you're a Purdue fan. Um, but let me talk about a couple of reasons they lost the game and then maybe some fallout from the loss, and, and we, can go, we can go from there. First thing, um, I, I, I tweeted this out at one point. It felt like Purdue was going to lose going away after that O'Connell pick six, which was just a horrible decision. Um, I understand the thought process of trying to make something happen, but the first thing I thought of is it felt a lot like, because I watched the Colts on Sunday, it felt a lot like Carson Wentz last season, he would do that type of thing. Instead of taking the sack and just kind of taking your medicine and moving on when, when the defensive lineman is literally in contact with you, uh, trying to force a pass at that point can be deadly. And sure enough, with O'Connell having a 300 or 200, probably let's say 270-pound guy draped on him with his arm being pinned, he tried to throw an underhanded pass to get rid of it. And he threw it right into the gut of a, a defensive tackle who just kind of stumbled down to the, the end zone and pick six. There you go. But at that point, it felt like the game was, it felt like it could be over. Uh, the momentum had swung so violently from the beginning of the second half to then. Um, it was a very big difference. But let, let's look at the, the things that were involved in that loss. And I said it was a team effort at that point. I tweeted it out. Um, team effort because you had special teams have some failures. Uh, they had the blocked PAT early. Uh, had a missed field goal. Had a kick out of bounds, a kickoff out of bounds in the fourth quarter, I think. Um, those, are, those are pretty big mistakes. It's pretty big. Other thing we've seen that's interesting is the punt return team has done such a poor job pl- blocking, and Jones has become such a good receiver, probably a twofold thing, that now you're seeing Jones – doesn't return kicks anymore, um, and I think that's twofold. I think he's getting beaten up. He's taking a lot of downs, but, man, he's clearly a very good receiver. I don't know what the hell Brian and Kirk Ferentz Kirk Ferentz were doing for a couple seasons. Um, but anyway, so then we'll go next thing. The next part of the game where it's a failure and you deserve to lose. Coaching. Um, going for it early. Uh, took points off the board. Brom in his post-game presser said he didn't understand how far it was. He thought it was fourth and one and a half, and it was about fourth and three, he thought, after seeing something. And he said, I got a better situational awareness. There's no doubt he does. Um, but um, And then the defense, uh, co- there's a lot of coaching problems. I'm just going to say, all those penalties, again, they come back on the coaching staff. Purdue had nine penalties Almost, I mean, that's almost exactly like, I think Penn State, they had nine penalties as well before hell broke loose at the end of the game and everything started going haywire. Um, so penalties are a problem. It's official. This team really lacks discipline, and that is really poor with that many 
seniors and fifth years and whatever we we classify them after the covid stuff fourth years fifth year sixth year guys on this seventh year guys on this team too many penalties full stop um the defense they got involved in the loss because of the pass uh pass interferences um allowing that winning touchdown obviously was a huge deal allowing that drive down the field um that game winning touchdown that's a big deal um and then uh offense uh I said AOC's pick six and um, not scoring any points in the third quarter. Both of those <clears throat> really fall on the offense. The lack of creativity in the play calling uh, that comes back to the coaching. Um, let's let's review another thing. Purdue was up nine to three at the end of the first half. They should have been up by more than that, but they weren't. And they really were dominating. <clears throat> they were dominating physically. Purdue had a good defensive game plan. They took away. Uh, Tucker, I think is his name. Um, I can't remember anything. The running back out of the game for Syracuse. At the, by the end of the game, he was averaging 2.3 yards a carry. It's a big deal for a guy that a lot of serious Syracuse fans told me he was a Heisman candidate. Uh, I don't. He may have ruined his Heisman run, guys. I think he's a pro. I think he's going to be an NFL um, uh, running back. I don't think he was ever a Heisman candidate for many reasons. Number one, running backs don't really win him anymore. But the other thing is, um, yeah, he wasn't going to win the Heisman. Um, and then, uh, like I said, those those awful nine penalties before everything went to hell are crazy are awful because that's the first thing. So let's say Purdue did a lot of things poorly, and a lot of different entities got involved in digging that hole where Purdue really wasn't in the position to win the game towards the end. But then somehow put together two really really good drives. It's not somehow; it's what Purdue has been known to do. They can they can really move the ball quickly when. When they're clicking, and they were clicking there at the end, um, but that Payne Durham unsportsmanlike penalty is one of the worst penalties. Even in a game that had a ton of bad penalties, when I say bad penalties, they didn't call the game the same way on both sides of the ball. They didn't call it the same for Syracuse as they did Purdue. Um, and I don't know if that's the Big Ten making an effort to say we don't want to look like we're biased because they were Big Ten officiating crew, or it's just the Big Ten officiating crew being shitty as always Big Ten officials are. Regardless, they were awful today. And there were a couple plays specifically that stand out. One of them is that last drive for Syracuse. I mean, this is this, the thing that wraps it up is that the one play where they throw the ball deep down the sideline, the Syracuse player has his heel on the out-of-bounds, and the ref points at the out-of-bounds line and says, catch, yeah, he was in. Like he watched it so well, and he had it. That, to me, tells you he wasn't watching the out-of-bounds line or he's trying to make sure that that catch goes on the board as a catch. It's one of the two. Um, or he's blind or he can't see. Also, I guess could be the case in a Big Ten officiating crew. This problem goes way back. Big Ten officiating crews are some of the worst in America. They continue to prove how bad they are. It's really not just me as a Purdue fan saying that. Go and read the, the evidence for how bad they are and how many calls they miss. They were exceptionally bad today, though. But So he makes that call where he says, yeah, catch. It's inbounds. You look at it, you're like, okay, his foot was out of bounds. His entire half of his foot was out of bounds. It's not a catch. And then the play freaking later, two plays later, they, they throw it towards the corner. And he waits a year, throws the P.I. on Purdue. And to me, that pass looks completely uncatchable. Because of the where, where it where it falls, it fell on the other side of the yard wide out of bounds line. That's an uncatchable ball. Okay, um, and I don't think there was that much um, contact, but that's neither here nor there. They didn't call 
holding over and over on Syracuse in the trenches. And some of them are so egregious. There are screenshots of them. They always say, keep your hands inside the shoulder pads. They tell offensive linemen to do. And they had their hands around the back over the number, and they're pulling down Purdue linemen or just flat out tackling them. And the refs were in perfect position to make the play. So my whole point of of making these complaints, saying you can believe Purdue played poor enough to lose, you can believe that, and still say the refs did something horrible and egregious. You can say both of those things. They both can coexist. And you can even say Purdue had a chance to win and had it. And then that Durham flag, which if you watch that play again, he gets up, he jaws to that guy, gets in his face. The guy jaws back in his face. Durham is literally walking backwards. So he's not the aggressor at that point. So he's not going in for a little bit more. There was no shove. I thought we were going to come out back and you were going to see Durham just knock the guy down. They come back, they show that. And I already had had enough of the play-by-play guys. I stopped listening to them. I listened to the Purdue broadcast, which was pretty close to in sync uh, with my stream, which is shocking. Um, and instead, you see that call made. And that call is so pivotal, so important. And then on top of that, you had the Purdue sideline um, uh, flag, which I think it was on Brom. I, I still can't. I watched the post game. I think Brom says he was 40 yards away, and he still got penal, penalized. So he, he doesn't know how he did it or he's just playing dumb, whatever. I mean, there's certain words you can't say to officials, and maybe there was one nearby. I don't know. That's a, that's a bad loss. It's a bad loss. Um, and Purdue is uh, the bad thing for me. Um, it's just tough to swallow, as I thought this was a nine-win team. That's, nine-win teams don't do what Purdue did today. Um, when you feel the momentum, when you have a team kind of figured out physically, you don't do what you do and let off the gas and let a team back into it multiple times. Um, and the biggest killer to me is ha- watching these veterans, watching these guys who have been around for a long time, making boneheaded play after boneheaded play. Fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, seventh year guys making stupid plays. Tough to watch. Um, I love the potential of our defensive backfield. I love it. I think there's a bunch of guys back there that are really could, could be great. Really could be great. But the execution has been so poor at times. Right? We've seen also, we've seen little glimpses of this being just a tremendous defensive backfield. Obviously, two pick sixes says something about a defensive backfield. But the poor tackling continues to be a problem. Um, and I think Purdue did a better job today. They were, the, the line was trying to contain all day, and they did a good job containing Schrader for much of the afternoon. He's really tough. He's a very, very good quarterback. He's good on the scramble. He's pretty good with his arm. He was only 13 for 29. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, one of those was an absolute gift, though. I, I just cannot get over that being an absolute gift. And I'll just reiterate, you can think both of these things at the same time, that Purdue played poorly and still deserved to win, and the game was taken because of that. That Gosh, that Durham flag. Anyway, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, it got me back and wound up, uh, but I was madder than this earlier. Um, AOC finished the game uh, 71% completion. He was tack sharp for much of the day, 39 of 55, 424 yards, uh, three touchdowns in that one costly pick six. Devin Mockaby continues to impress me. Um, they used him in the second half, which is a sign to me that this kid's going to be in the rotation, um, regardless of when Kangaroo comes back. Um, Eight carries, 22 yards, only 2.8 yards a carry, but he runs hard, he finishes hard. He's got some things to figure out. He's going to grow into his explosiveness, meaning he's going to get even stronger. 
um, to go match those legs, but he was impressive to me. Um, if you look at the Purdue running backs, as much as they had it figured out in the first half, it felt like they really didn't have it figured out at all. Um, they averaged 2.8 yards a carry. Uh, Tracy had one run for 13 yards. Receiving, uh, Charlie Jones continues to be the best receiver in America. It's incredible what – it's incredible to me that if you're a wide receiver recruit coming out of high school that you don't put Purdue at the top of your list. And you can send this to your favorite pal who's a blue-chip wide receiver. It's just incredible. You, if you come to Purdue, uh, you have a chance of being the best receiver in America full stop. Uh, it just happens every year. just does. And pick a season with Jeff Brom and this offense – they find a way to make a guy great who, I mean, Charlie Jones was an okay receiver at Iowa who was a, a bit role player, but third or fourth in the option uh, in the line. And, um, and now today, 11 receptions, 188 yards, averaging 17 yards a catch and a touchdown. Payne Durham, he was back. They made a really good concerted effort getting him back involved. Nine receptions, 83 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Sheffield had a couple good grabs. One was a great grab, uh, a, a drive sustainer. Both he and Durham had a couple drive sustainers today. Deion Burks had a couple good catches. He's getting more and more involved. It's good to see. Tracy isn't quite uh, where I was hoping he'd be at this point. But this is kind of the – maybe we're seeing some of the growth uh, that we would hope from this receiving unit. I still don't know if Yassine is injured or not or if he's still dinged up, whatever. But we don't see you seeing in the um, the rotation. One thing we do see is Marshawn Rice and Aiden O'Connell are really not on the same page. A couple of those routes today, um, when he comes out of his break, O'Connell puts it out in front of him like he's he's ready for somebody a little bit quicker out of the break. He puts it in that place. Again, Purdue loses uh, 32 to 29 in the former Carrier Dome, uh, some wireless Carrier Dome, um, and falls to one and two on the season. Um, my prediction before the before the season started of nine wins looks like a bit of a long shot right now. So um, let me, let me go over into the margin here. See what you guys have to say. A couple people watching live, which is uh, good. Uh, Patrick Pence says it's Purdue baseball season yet. Um, that's funny. You're going to skip right over basketball and I understand why. Um, John Younger says bad coaching day. Sure. Sure. Uh, Handel Jones uh, says time to readjust expectations. I, I think you almost have to. Uh, I don't – I mean, it doesn't get easier. Uh, I, I think Syracuse would be a lower middle Big Ten team, and Purdue's going to play teams that are a lot better than that. The, the West doesn't look super tough, which is good. Northwestern looks atrocious. Minnesota looks awfully good. Wisconsin looks pretty mediocre. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean – the, the amazing thing, if Purdue does what they've done under Jeff Brom, which is rally and circle the wagons, whatever you want to call it, they could still put together something pretty special. Um, they could go on a tear. But you've got to beat two big mental blocks right in front of you in the very near future, right? The Minnesota and Wisconsin are coming soon. And, um, yeah, well, first I'd say go beat uh, uh, Florida Atlantic, handle your business there, and then move on. My guess is they're going to pulverize that team, just beat them – into the ground, um, but uh, I thought I, I didn't. I didn't feel great about this game coming into uh, into the Syracuse game, but um, yeah, it's a disappointing one. Um, Todd Singer says no Boiler Dowd. It's totally different than Carson Wentz. 
uh, he would have thrown it with his left hand. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Thank you. Um, John Younger said, should have kicked the first field goal. Um, <laughs> Todd Singer bringing the thunder. Disagree, John. They would have overruled that catch on the review. Uh, Big Ten officials, they're the best. Uh, we are in purgatory, by the way. This is what's going to be forever. What you have to do, clearly, you have to be up by two to three scores towards the end of the game so they're not involved. It's almost like my, my premise on basketball. I always say it. college basketball is, is an awful, stressful thing to watch uh, because the officials are such a part of the game, positive and negative. They are so woven into it, and they love the party, and they love to see a crowd get all lathered up. So you got to be a team by 10 to 15 points to keep the officials out of it. Same thing here. you really got to be up by 7 to 14 points to really in the fourth quarter to keep the officials away from being part of the action. And Purdue did not handle their business today at all on the road. Uh, they just simply did not. And, yeah, it's a disappointment. Um, Pat, Pat Pence says, Patrick Pence says, can't remember the last time our punt returns had time to return tiller years maybe. Um, yeah, I'd say that tiller years um, – I think there was there were a couple good returners and returns under um, Hope too, but they had guys that were absolutely lightning in a bottle. Multiple return men were fast as lightning at that point. That's what Hope recruited. He always recruited speed. Um, Handel comes back and says uh, Jimmy Johnson told Miami team uh, when you play indie, if you give the refs a chance, you will be screwed. And Handel, you and I are old enough to to watch enough football to say. It's just, it's absolute truth. Um, really good teams kind of take that out of the equation because they, they're the aggressors. They play their game. And Purdue, in the first half, had so many chances just to become the aggressors, to kind of, the old adage, step on their throat, and they didn't do it. Um, Josh Clark says 100% off the re- on the refs. I think you can, we can review that again, but it, there's definitely a percentage on it. I don't care who you, you got to recognize that. That's hard for me not to say that. Um, anyway, so that's about it. A lot of frustration here from you guys as well. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough game. So anyway, um, hope, uh, you guys have a great evening, great afternoon. It gets better. Um, it's just a game, but, um, tough one to swallow. Purdue has, like I said, uh, they've got Florida Atlantic next week. Uh, that's a seven thirty, a weird seven thirty kickoff. Next Saturday, that's homecoming. It's on Big Ten Network. Um, that'll be a fun one uh, to be in the house for. I hope you're all there. And if you see me, say hi. Um, and uh, I think there's no reason to believe. Let's be confident. I'll be confident going into this one producer role. But, uh, yeah. So uh, have a great day. God bless you. To all the Syracuse fans in the margin, you're morons. Uh, because uh, you're cocky for a mediocre team. So Purdue should have won today. Have a great day. God bless you. Hammer down.